Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News, with a lot to talk about today on your Hump Day afternoon podcast, May 10th, 2023. Let's jump into it. We're going to start this off with a Becca Martinez story. This and more today on Bachelor Rush Hour. Let's go. Oh, yeah, we're coming in old school. We're coming in hot today, folks. A lot going on out there in the world of Bachelor Nation. As we know, Serene and Brandon broke up a few days ago, at least officially on paper. Some are rumored that uh, they had broken up actually weeks or months ago. At least they've been on the fritz as it is and as it were. All right, so we'll have a fallout on that. Uh, that'll be our featured content on the back half of today's podcast. Dr. Dan Strakowski uh, properly uh, educates us toxic audience members about what love bombing is and why she believes that's not what Brandon was doing. There's a lot going on in the non-Bachelor world. Did you know this? Tom Cruise is hitting on Shakira. That's right, folks. Her hips don't lie, but Scientology does. It's a cult, folks. It's not a church. They don't pay taxes, and they intimidate FBI. Where are my Scientology fans out there? Are you doing all right? All right. Don't let me um, trigger your ear e-meter to go off, but uh, I love Tom Cruise. I really, really do. If you haven't seen the new Top Gun movie, it's fantastic. But boy, hey, maybe, you know you know what? You know what does lie? Shakira's hips don't, but her she, she was guilty of tax fraud in Spain, right? So either way, maybe they can bond over some of that. Uh, you know, she, she's like, I had tax fraud. Tom's like, you just got to start a church. Join us over here at Scientology. Anything we can do to get you out of taxes. I uh, tweeted this yesterday. Uh, dating a woman is like um, the IRS in which they make you guess what you did wrong and how much money you owe. Like that's Just tell me already. You know what I mean, folks? All right. But either way, I just would hope one day Tom Cruise would come to some realization that, uh, you know, Scientology is all fraud and he comes out and just, uh, you know, whatever. I, that, wouldn't that be nice? He's so far and deep. He's indoctrinated, folks. All right. Um, oh, and another story here on TMZ. Licking ice cream, couple dragged for in-store shenanigans. i tell you what. You know what I mean? This is one way to kick the habit of eating ice cream. But who, first of all, who's buying ice cream that's not properly sealed? So this video goes viral of, uh, let's see, two ice-cold lovebirds are currently getting dragged through the mud after bringing back an infamous and dangerous social media trend that left a bad taste in people's mouths. Here's the deal. Content creator Taquan Hines recently uploaded a clip of himself and his boo, Asia, sticking their tongues deep in a carton of ice cream in a grocery store before putting it back and fleeing. Yeah, what is wrong with people? They took the video down, but of course, it circulated and everyone's going. And not to mention, if you look, I'm zoomed in here. It's not, they they actually, it looks like they licked store brand ice cream. They didn't even go for like Ben and Jerry's or high value ice cream here, Haagen-Dazs, something like that. Anyway, people were upset and said, a-holes like this should go to jail. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, coming off of the sensitivities we have from the pandemic, we don't need to be swapping saliva unless it is a consensual act, if you ask me. All right. And speaking of outrage as it exists online, let's get to the Becca Martinez story. As you know, yesterday we made a video reacting to Becca Martinez. Uh, she posted a photo of her kids holding a couple white um, not that, not that color matters, but a couple white rabbits. And she said, you know, uh, 
the kids, are, you know, they know that they're going to have to eat these one day or whatever. You know what I mean? She basically, it, it spurred a conversation about, um, I don't know, farming, uh, meat eating, uh, knowing what food you're consuming. But people considered it super problematic. So then Becca responded and said, so now my kids need a wellness check? Imagine thinking someone is problematic and concerning just because you don't vibe with their style. So people apparently started calling uh, the services that exist out there, social programs that are meant to help out others. And they started uh, accusing, uh, I guess, Becca of negligence in, in one way or another. We're going to play her response right here, but pretty wild. Um, having CPS make a stop at her house. If someone bothers you, stop watching their content. You're not actually worrying, worried about my effing family, is what Becca says. And she said, obviously, I enjoy stirring things up, but I'm always legitimately shocked by how far people take it. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised anymore. Torture, trauma, dangerous, or actual words being thrown around in the comments. Miss informed and ignorant of how the majority of the world lives and has lived since the beginning really of time. Doesn't like so here's what she has to say. Hurt me or hurt my feelings anymore. I think it just really does surprise and it really does surprise me and makes me sad because like I do expect people to be like, what? No, don't eat the rabbits. Yes, that is part of me. You know, I, yes, I enjoy people's reactions. I just do genuinely get surprised when people are throwing around something like suggesting that maybe the government and like local authorities should get involved to make sure that everyone in my family is like out of emotional danger, that's where I'm like, that actually, that actually surprises me. I'm like, how fucking out of touch are you? How fucking lost in the sauce are you? I literally spend hours every month as an advocate for children in foster care. And I can tell you, kids playing with animals in their backyard that they're going to butcher later on is not danger to a child's well-being. Okay? Now, this spurred a huge debate with people that are, you know, anti-meat eating. And I understand vegans and I understand vegetarianism. I truly do. I also don't think that it's realistic for everybody to attach themselves to that ideology. And I think it's more practical to have a discussion about factory farming and a discussion about ethical consumption of food products. And we will continue this discussion after a word from our sponsors. But everyone's different. You know, fight your fight. Um, so let's see what else she had okay, to say Okay, I gotta here. go. But I did want to give an interesting anecdote because my dad just told me this this past weekend. So my grandparents are from Mexico, right? Which, by the way, it's cultural to raise animals for meat. It was part of all of our cultures at some point. Um, but anyway, so my grandparents always raised animals for meat. In fact, one time my uncle gave my grandma a pair of doves for her birthday and my grandpa ended up grilling them like the next week. Um, but my dad was a part of it. That. He said growing up, it was always normal. It was just something that they were used to. But my dad told me that there was a couple years where my grandpa had to work in like a industrialized meat facility. I don't know what exactly he was doing, but my dad told me that there was a long time after when he just couldn't eat meat. 
Like he didn't have a problem with it when he was doing it himself and knew how all the animals were raised. Of course, it's the literal term, knowing how the sausage is made. So we understand that. And of course, let's see if there's any other uh, updates from Becca. Well, she posted this photo. It's um, She said, I just learned that wheelchair, wheelchair Rapunzel has had DCFS called on her multiple times since her baby was born, all spurned by online groups who find her problematic. I've had similar groups try to attack my income and my family as well. Harassment from online communities ha- is re- has real impacts, and it is not and never will be justice. I don't care how problematic someone is. Yeah, so of course, someone... If someone's driving down the road, down the highway on Instagram with their newborn baby breastfeeding, say, and they're not, you know, they're not in proper uh, car seat, that's, that's a good time to use the service to be like, no, there's rules you need to follow. You're putting your child in harm's way. You know, if there's a video of you blowing weed, a smoke into your kid's face, that type of thing. But your kid holding the animal that will then become your food. Look, I I see it this way. I don't know if I would want my kids to befriend animals that we will then eat. uh, But she did say she limits them to like only a little bit of handling per day. I don't know, folks. Uh, if the kid needs therapy because it watched its uh, dinner get butchered, that's that's on you, and that's a bridge you can cross. But to think that our social services are being clogged up from self-righteous people, I mean, I don't know. Let me know. Becca then said, I don't think people understand how traumatizing it is for a child and their family to be investigated by CPS. Removing a child from their parents is one of the most traumatizing things you could do to a kid and should only be used for real immediate danger. People don't realize you're placing a baby, toddler, young kid, etc. with strangers. Kids in foster care don't end up in some magical castle where they're perfectly cared for. Sometimes they end up with more physical, psychological, sexual abuse than the situation they were removed from. Children in foster care are so, so vulnerable, a family or even suggesting someone's kid should be placed in that system should only happen when there are actual signs of serious abuse or harm. Rant over. Someone had commented, I am an intact family caseworker and I work to keep families together when there have when there have been hotline calls, but the kids aren't removed and it's so heartbreaking how false reports or bad work on the part of the investigator can completely destroy a whole family's life, even when the kids get to stay in the home. So tragedy out there, folks, absolute tragedy that uh, Becca has to deal with this. Does she bring it on in a certain way? I think that would be victim blaming. I think she's allowed to post what she posts and not expect people to call child services. Uh, but in a more light in in lighter news, uh, new dad Robert De Niro <laughs> reveals he's a dad again and welcomes his seventh child at the age of seventy nine. Nero is once again a proud papa. <laughs> he turns. 80 this summer, and he's just welcomed his 70th. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, good Lord. Uh, I love morning TV. Good Lord, his 70th child. They're so chipper. I mean, can you imagine going to your kid's Kin Sierra and you're 95? I don't know why he would have a kid, his kid would have a Kin Sierra, but it just sounds better than Sweet 16. Uh, we're all about punching up the jokes here, folks. All right, an alumni, JoJo Fletcher and Jordan Rogers of Bachelorette and Bachelor fame to host Divorcee Dating Competition Series, The Big D on USA Network. The network will also launch an untitled social experiment reality series. USA Network will debut a new Divorcee Dating Competition Series titled The Big D, which will follow 
follow recent divorcees on the lookout for love in paradise. The twist? Their exes are along for the ride. Hosted by recent divorcees, uh, recent divorcees Jojo and Jordan. The, wait, they're divorced? All right, this is the moment where I realized this article is written by artificial intelligence. So anyway, they're not divorced, but the uh, the contestants are. And, you know, they're competing to see who can find love, but they have to deal with their divorced uh, partner being there. Let me tell you something. This is a situation, and I don't say this lightly, where they should be eating edibles. And as you guys know, today's Bachelor Rush Hour podcast is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, an en- incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. Not feeling nice as you have to communicate with your divorce partner on a reality show? Pop an edible. It helps curb your anxiety and keeps your creative mind feeling relaxed all day long. Microdose is available nationwide, and to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com, use code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and get this, guys, 30% off your first order Links can be found in the show description. Again, that's microdose.com, code rush hour. And as we get into our next clip, I'm going to share with you our featured uh, clip of the day, which is the conversation around love bombing. We listen to what several different uh, therapists, psychologists have to say about what love bombing is. Plus, a guy who is a self-proclaimed narcissist talks about what, why he has love bombed in the past. I think there's a lot to learn here. Have a listen. As you guys know, we've covered this Bachelor in Paradise's Brandon Jones and Serene Russell call off their engagement after less than one year together. It's been immensely hard, is what they say. And now, of course, they've received comments from people accusing uh, him of love bombing, you know, which is essentially, well, you know what, we'll get into the actual definitions here. Don't take it from me. Let's read what Dr. Diane Strakowski had to say about it. Brandon Jones and Serene Brooke Russell announced the end of their engagement. In the comments, people suggest Brandon love bombed Serene. But is this accurate? Is that what happened? Love bombing is a form of psychological and emotional abuse that involves a person going above and beyond for you to manipulate you into a relationship with them. It looks different for every person, but it usually involves some form of excessive flattery and praise. Often it's what a narcissist does to quickly get you into a relationship with them. What differentiates love bombing from infatuation is a sense of maliciousness. I didn't see malicious in Brandon's behavior, so it didn't look like a classic love bombing. What I did see was Brandon having an anxious attachment style. People with this makeup fear rejection and abandonment, so they often come on strong to avoid these negative feelings. The only problem is how Serene receives Brandon's message. Because his past relationship with Michelle Young is public, Serene has to wonder, how can I trust you if you shared the same sentiment with Michelle Young? How am I special? Brandon, are you eager to be in love or in love with me? Couples in the public eye are also 50% more likely to break up. This is due to the pressure and constant questions. Where is your fiance? When are you getting married? Public couples are not allowed the privacy that normal couples have to progress in a much more relaxed atmosphere. It's not that their relationship is fake, but when the public can easily slide into your DMs and say things like, Serene, you deserve better. Brandon, why don't you do uh, X, Y, and Z? The public starts creating doubts in your mind. Maybe they are right. Did I settle too quickly? My advice for reality TV couples 
goals is to take more time between breakups to heal past hurts and work on themselves. Watch the tapes back to learn about your patterns and learn to filter better. Also take the time to create a life that is less about influencing and more about creating space for another person. What are your thoughts? Does this differentiate between a uh, differentiation between love bombing and anxious attachment make sense? And of course, we had other people that agreed or disagreed. Someone says, do you think that it's possible uh, possible for someone to love bomb not out of malice, but out of an inability to regulate their own emotions? So, of course, love bombing will looks different, but it really comes down to how you look at things. And um, Brandon, like everybody probably doesn't understand, at least, uh, you know, initially, um, w- what makes him tick. I I think I relate mostly to an anxious attachment style. I, I don't consciously think I fear rejection, but I think I, I think I do relate to that. Um, I would never say I'm guilty of love bombing, uh, but these are just terms that are thrown around, and it's so convenient for us to throw these terms around while we Watch a TV show that's edited and, of course, involves a very, um, uh, you know, um, overly dramatic, overly romantic scenario. So narcissistic love bombing. Let's just watch a few quick videos on what the hell it actually is. Hi, it's Dr. Fox, and I want to talk about love bombing and narcissists. And a lot of times narcissists will use this tactic, which is sort of giving you a lot of gifts and attention and saying nice things, positive things to draw you in, to get you deeper into the relationship. And what happens is over time, that maladaptive aspect of narcissism, because there is healthy narcissism, but those that have narcissistic personality disorder or maladaptive narcissistic traits tend to use love bombing and other tactics to lure you into the relationship, to get you attached to them. That attachment becomes maladaptive because you're connected to that person and they use that attachment to their advantage. And that's where the tables turn, where they start saying things and doing things that make you question who you are and the choices you make. And it's important to be aware that love bombing is often a first step that they may use. Very interesting stuff. I mean, it'd be nicer if he wasn't living next to a highway, but we like that. Now, here's what love bombing means from an actual narcissist. This is mental healness, and this is his uh, TikTok, mental healness on TikTok, talking about the the actual stage of love bombing as a diagn- as a person who has, or I guess self-diagnosed as narcissist. Bombing stage from a narcissist. So if you're new here, I am a self-aware narcissist. I have narcissist personality disorder. And a lot of people ask me, what is love to a narcissist? Can narcissists love? So during the love bombing stage, to me, it feels like real, true love. Like it becomes like an obsessive, like un, like you don't want to be away from that person. You want to just give that person everything to make them happy and smile and joyful because it makes us feel good as well to be able to do that and to be able to supply that. That's why a lot of times you see narcissists, you know, study you so much to be able to give you everything that you want and need because they want to make you happy. But as you uh, progress further on into the relationship and whatnot, the narcissist gets tired of doing everything that you want to need and tries to switch back to being, you know, the egotistical, you know, typically selfish person that they are. When that happens, they start to devalue you and take the love away. But now you are addicted and you want to get that love back. Now we have the trauma bond coming in. Very interesting stuff here. So it's the idea that you can you can't sustain love bombing when it's actually going down as a narcissist, and you eventually maybe you get bitter too. You're like, no, 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 this is like you know once you get once you get the the uh, the the victim really once you once you uh, secure them and attach them, then maybe that's when the love bombing stops. 
Without the love bombing period, the narcissistic abuse cycle would not be possible. The love bombing phase is the seed of the abuse cycle. It sounds like the love bombing is the trap. This is what gets them to let their guard down and be committed to you. This is where... Maybe it involves financial manipulation, really. I mean, if you're going to be love bombing people and showering them with gifts and things like that, maybe that, um, you know, and, and this is why I think it's always important to have financial independence because you don't want to have to rely on somebody else. Speaking of financial independence, we will be back to this conversation right after a quick word from our sponsors. The narcissist is learning everything about you and also mirroring everything back to you. This is why it seems like the two of you share so much in common and you have this just out of the world connection that you have never felt before. But the narcissist doesn't really feel the same way and they will ride the wave of your emotions and pretend to be as excited and surprised by your connection as you are. They lay the foundation for everything that's to come afterwards. This is why I know I'm not love bombing my wife because I don't pretend to enjoy when she wants to watch Bridgerton. I'm always like, oh, come on. The narcissist will only invest in the relationship during the love bombing phase because they intend to eat out on that for years to come. So it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like that is the trap that they can then feast off of and manipulate the situation further. You know, look, hey, guys, I mean, I just think this is fascinating info to know. Well, let's go back to our, fr our f friend here, the narcissist. The question was, I think I'm being love bombed right now. How do I know if it's love bombing or real? There's a fine line between love bombing and real love. One of those things is, you know, intent. Like, what is this person's intent? Is this person trying to, you know, get you to forgive them for something? Is this person trying to manipulate you? What is the intent? What is the gain from this, you know, love bomb? And the telltale way that you can figure out if it's love bombing or if it's like real genuine love is to say no to it. Deny their response. Deny their advances. Put up a boundary and don't act grateful. Don't act thankful. See what happens. Because if it's a love bombing, you'll get met with some disdain and some mad, some anger. Very interesting. And finally... Let's go to this one. Having an anxious attachment style in a relationship can be tough, but not impossible. So we know what love bombing is. And Dr. Diane Strakowski said what is going on is probably less love bombing and more just an anxious attachment style. The relationship that I'm with, no matter who I am with, I get very anxious. And I've learned that I might be an anxious attachment style. Do you know about okay. this? Yeah, I know a thing or two about it. The ironic thing is that, you know, with the anxious attachment style, a lot of times you tend to attract people with the avoidant attachment style. And it becomes this tug of war where you're, you know, you know, push and pull. You want their attention. I also talk about codependency versus counterdependency. It's kind of just like a yin-yang thing. And the more you want it, the more they withhold it. You know, so it can be pretty difficult to, you know, have a relationship that can survive for long periods of time mm -hmm. um, when that's who you are and that's who they are. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the answer is somewhere in the middle. You know, if you have somebody who is anxious, and let's say you're dating somebody who is more so avoidant, mm -hmm. if you all can compromise, the answer is somewhere in the middle. And I think uh, without that, the relationship can definitely suffer. You know, it's very interesting just to use my own relationship as an example. I, I do think, maybe, it, maybe it's more mild in some cases, but I do think I have an anxious attachment style, and I do think my wife might be an avoidant style. And I think that can come from just how our inner child has dealt with uh, 
controversy and adversity and things like that. But I think you just have to have grace that the other person's trying the best. And if if I want to solve an issue, but my wife needs time to process it, I have to be okay walking away and letting her process that in her own time. And do you know what I mean? So like, it's all about managing yourself, but you also need a partner who learns how to manage their self. That way it's not one partner just wildly doing what they want and not being able to control those uh, sort of, um, those different styles that they have and the other person just uh, getting walked all over. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. And you know what else makes sense? Getting some of you guys to come out to a stand-up show. I am going to be in Nashville for a last-minute trip end of May. I think the 29th through the 31st, just for three nights. Uh, that's in a couple weeks. I am putting together a show. I don't have any dates yet. But if you're in Nashville, make sure to join my newsletter. You can go to my Instagram. Click on my link tree, linktree.com slash Dave Neal. And in there, um, you can join the free newsletter. Uh, you could also join, if you want to know all the behind the scenes of what's going on the patreon patreon.com slash dave neal i've been talking about the trips i've been booking whose podcast i'm going to be going on and all the other interviews going down uh we will have more content brought to you behind the scenes that's on patreon at patreon.com slash dave neal link in the description below for all of that all right well the week is halfway done. You just really kicked ass. You got home. You're doing well. Don't forget to put the devices down and enjoy the company of fellow loved ones. If you're in the uh, Los Angeles area tomorrow night, Thursday, I do have a show in Burbank at Flappers Comedy Club. You can check that out. Uh, follow, again, me on Instagram for the details for that. And don't forget, um, early June, I'm going to be having shows in New York City. I think June 6th. So save the date. We are going to pack that room out and have a nice little reunion afterwards. All right, more content coming to you tomorrow. I'll be back when I see you then. I've been Dave Neal. This was and always will be Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.